This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Uh, yes, we are local at uh, four minutes past the hour. My name is Monsignor Patrick Schumacher. I'm your host for the next hour. We've had a good hour. We got one more coming. I'm coming to you from my office here at uh, the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. And my next guest, Father Gary Benz, pastor of St. Mary's in New England, North Dakota, about 25 miles south of Dickinson. Father Benz, good morning. Good morning, Monsignor Patrick. Uh, I'm a former pastor of uh, St. Mary's in New England, and uh, I have a lot of great friends there, and a beautiful church. How are things in New England? It's good. We're winding down with the Advent season and looking forward to Christmas this week. Uh, the state women's prison is still there, right? Yes, and despite the governor's attempts, we've been able to keep it going. And uh, this is the, the the former boarding school in, in New England of uh, St. Mary's, New England, North Dakota, was, I, I, I had to close the school, sold par- portion of it, and now it's the North Dakota State Women's Prison. Do, do you have ministries there, Father? You know, first of all, I just want to say thank you, because I know it was difficult to get that established, and we're very grateful for your leadership when they made the transition from the school to the prison. You know, unfortunately, the prison ministry is limited because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I used to celebrate Mass every Sunday, and we'd go over on Wednesday and Thursday for faith formation. And now the prison doesn't let me in at all. This summer, there was a modified ministry outside the chain link fence, but that was about it. <laughs> so I'm still hoping, I'm praying and working with them to let me come in for Christmas Day Mass. So keep that in your prayers. We will do it, Father. And, you know, I, I, I was happy to do what I could do, and it's good for the uh, town. Uh, certainly wasn't easy. Um, before you bring a prison into a small town, uh, maybe give me a call. There's do's and don'ts. But um, it's, uh, it's a good thing, and, I, and I'm glad you're keeping it there. And I, I did hear that I, I, it's, it's not in uh, Governor Burgum's budget to, um, to um, mess with you again, so to speak, in the next... Well, that's good to hear, because... Last of all, there were rumors that that was going to be put in the budget, so I'm glad to hear that. Father Gary Benz, pastor of St. Mary's in New England, North Dakota. New England, again, is south of Dickinson in the southwest part of the state of North Dakota. Um, Father, we're going to talk about St. Nicholas as we get uh, close to Christmas. And um, the, uh, we have the feast day we've celebrated on December 6th. Uh, there are legends, there are truths, there are perhaps uh, some um, myths and errors, so to speak, if you want to um, uh, equate a myth with an error. Uh, tell us what we need to know about St. Nicholas. Well, you know, I think what associates with the minds of most people is his charity, you know, his idea of gift-giving which we still see in his derivative of Santa Claus. You know, St. Nicholas was a, a priest and then a bishop. And then you know the familiar story where his father had no other options for his dowers, for daughters for dowries, for marriage. So sadly, he decided that they had to be sold basically into prostitution. And St. Nicholas heard of this, and his heart was moved. And in the nighttime, he came and, first of all, he dropped one set of, uh, one bag of gold coins for the first daughter, the second, the third. And then the father kind of waited 
to see who it was, and it became known that he was a man of great charity. And that's where we still have the idea of gift-giving with St. Nicholas at Christmas. And in the Dutch countries, they put out shoes. In the, excuse me, in Netherlands and other traditions that have developed there throughout Europe, they put out a shoe on his feast day. They put in carrots to little kids for his horse, and then he leaves them candy. Well, we wonder why a shoe. Well, when St. Nicholas, the original St. Nicholas, threw those bags of gold into the home, their shoes and stockings were by the fire, kind of like um, airing out for the day, you might say. And then that's how the tradition became of putting candy in the shoe on his feast day. St. Nicholas is, um, uh, you equated... um with the uh, the Dutch uh, heritage, Santa Claus comes in part from Sinterklaas, the saint's name in the Dutch language. Um, and uh, th- let's get back to what we spoke about briefly um, before we went on the air, Father. Father Gary Benz is my guest. We're talking about St. Nicholas. Let- let's talk about the Council of Nicaea okay. uh, in the year 325. There is um, an early list of the attendees and a later list, which included um, St. Saint, Saint Nicholas. Uh, tell us about uh, that council and what happened there and what we know. Okay, you know, after the Church was finally freed of persecution with the um, ascension of Constantine to Emperor, they had a opportunity to deal with a lot of you know, theological matters that kind of had to be set aside when the Church is persecuted or suffering. And one of them was, um, who is Christ? What is this whole relationship between His humanity and His divinity? Well, there was a heresy at the time espoused by a priest, Arius, who said that Christ was not divine. Maybe He was uh, created by God. He was greater than most people, a miracle worker, but he wasn't God. So the Council of Nicaea, they had to take this on, and we believe that St. Nicholas was there, and he was so zealous for the faith that the tradition says he actually punched the heretic Arius in the face, you know, so much for a jolly old St. Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably why, there's a debate on this, why doesn't his name show up earlier but later? Well, tradition says that Constantine was so taken aback and so upset by this action of a bishop, that he actually stripped him from the council and imprisoned him and took away his uh, mitre and his crozier. But then when he was redeemed later, his name was added back onto the list of the council fathers, uh, a a sign of redemption and and goodness on the part of the emperor. Uh, Is Nicholas of Myra the proper designation of this man? Exactly. When you talk about him in the life of the Church, it should probably be with his, Christologi- with his, um, with his theological title, St. Nicholas of Myra, in Turkey, where he was bishop. You know, sometimes he becomes associated in Europe, though he's called St. Nicholas of Bari, because mm-hmm. the Italians took his bones and brought them over to the city of Bari. Right. But appropriately, he should be St. Nicholas of Myra because that's where he served as a good bishop. Um, so you said he was a bishop. Uh, we have movies that represent him as married. Um, was he married? No. 
You know, the the modern version of St. Nicholas has been so associated with Santa Claus. You know, it, it came to us, like you said, through the Dutch, through the New World, through the colony of New York, New Amsterdam. But then it kind of devolved through the... There's an American cartoonist, a satirist, Thomas Nast. He was a, a German-American. And he kind of developed this whole idea of Santa Claus with, as we associate with the North Pole, elves, Mrs. Claus, you know, the whole thing. But actually, no, St. Nicholas was celibate, and he was a holy man, and he gave himself completely to his ministry as a celibate priest and bishop. And he fought for the divinity of Christ at the Council of Nicaea in yes. 325. Yes. Because, you know, the understanding was that he is, the, the, the term that the Council brought forth was homoousios. Jesus truly is of the same being of the Father. He shares in the divine substance. He is God. And, and St. Nicholas was very zealous in fighting against the heresy of Arianism, which denied that. And Arianism is alive and well today. I, I'm, you know, I, I begin many of my confirmation classes by asking the eighth, ninth, tenth graders, "Was was Jesus Christ a true God?" And you you get some confusion there. Why, why is that hard for for that heresy to to disappear? You know, part of it is um, it's a lack of it's a crisis of faith because first of all, we have to start there. If people are not seeking conversion, if they're not seeking God, you know, they'll buy into anything that comes their way, you know. <laughs> so a part of it is, I think, it's we're dealing with a crisis of faith in our era. But part of it could be is, you know, our, our portrayal of Jesus to young people, even to adults. You know, I have to critique the church in this regard that maybe Jesus is too much my friend, you know. You ever see, like, the little statues where Jesus is playing soccer and, you know, <laughs> You know, we've kind of diminished him, and so it's hard to see him as God when he's become almost just like my companion or friend. I know what to buy you, Father, for your birthday. What picture to buy you? Uh, the, we'll be back in just uh, in a, in a, in a, we're going to take a break, Father. If you can hang on here, sure. Father Gary Benz is my guest. He's the pastor of St. Mary's in New England, North Dakota. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. This is Real Presence Live. We have some uh, great. Uh, content coming up for you as we come up on 15 minutes past the hour wherever you are we'll be back in just one moment stay with us there's more real presence live to come on the real presence radio network Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. 
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. We are back live, and my name is Monsignor Schumacher. We're talking about the saint who inspired Santa Claus and Father Gary Benz, pastor of St. Mary's in New England, North Dakota, is my guest. Uh, Father Benz, welcome back to the show. You're welcome, dear. You're also in Leffer? Do you, uh, yep. St. Elizabeth's? Yeah, I serve St. Elizabeth's of Leffer, uh, which is a, a country parish, a beautiful German church. Um, about 25 miles from New England. And when I was in New England, I had Regent. Uh, before Regent, I had Amadon, but I closed that parish, took on Regent, and now you have uh, Leffer. Uh, and they, the KCs there still do their, um, their all of their meals? Yeah, I they're very active. They yeah. do um, steak and shrimp during the winter months, yes. and then they do burgers and steaks during the summer months. Yes, I like driving my uh, Harley Davidson through uh, Leffer on that highway. It, it's uh, it's just a little little town. The church is high up on the high up on the um, uh, west side of the highway, going south. And uh, it's um, it's a it's a how many families do you have? There used to be there used to be over a few hundred families there. How many families there were, do you? Have? I know. In the day, it was an amazing parish. Even at a Catholic school, yes. they had nuns there. But now we're down to about 40 to 45 households. I, I heard 300 or more back in the day. The nuns uh, lived in the bell tower. Yep, they had a section of the church which um, came up against the bell tower, so that was their convent. And then they built a new convent for them in the 50s. St. Elizabeth's in Leffer, and it's a beautiful church. I think it was recently done in, in the last 10 years, some work done to it. Yeah, you know Doug Henning that did some work for you at some of your churches? Yes. He's the one that did the interior, and he did a beautiful job. If you're ever down there again, make sure you stop by, especially at the Christmas season. It's very beautiful. Leffer's getting some airtime, and I remember uh, Father Jason Leffer's first Mass there. Yeah, he was Um, a classmate of mine in seminary. It was a rainy day. It was one giant mud hole. Do you remember that? 
No, unfortunately, because I was still in Rome. I okay. hadn't come back yet. <laughs> it was, it, do you remember that, Lori? Were you there? It was. It was just one. It was. It was just. It was uh, un, unreal. I didn't know yeah, if I'd get in yes, or get out. But it did turn out beautiful. Um, well, well, first masses always do, but it yeah. was. A, it was. Uh, uh, I, I think. Uh, and and then the, is it the bomber club road that you take there from twenty two? Uh, you know, usually I take the Leffer Road. When you go about halfway between New England and Dickinson, there's a gravel road. And right. I, take, I usually take that one. Yeah, I got a lot of friends along that road to this day. Father Gary Benz is my guest. He's a pastor in southwest North Dakota. We're talking about the area of Leffer. We're talking about the area of New England. and uh, But above all, we're talking about the saint who inspired Santa Claus. Um, and his his name is most properly uh, St. Nicholas of Myra. Uh, Father, let's talk about restoring some, some Catholic uh, traditions, sure. uh, may, maybe outside of, of the realm of some traditions of Santa Claus. We're not, we're not here to say that any traditions of Santa Claus are wrong, because he, he is fundamentally about giving. And you gave the stories, you portrayed them as, as uh, of, of how he provided for his family. But what are some, what are some Catholic traditions uh, that we can restore, perhaps, with our families as we get ready for Christmas on Thursday and Friday? Well, you know, first of all, going back briefly to St. Nicholas, I would say in gift-giving, Remember for him that there was always a great concern for the poor, the forgotten. You know, so Santa Claus, usually when we associate with family life, you know, he showers our children with toys, which is good. I'm not against that. But maybe the family could also expand with St. Nicholas and have the children give gifts to, you know, local food pantries, um, soup kitchens. You know, just to remember that in gift-giving, never to forget the poor who were so close to the heart of St. Nicholas. And also, I would say, try to preserve gift-giving throughout the Christmas season. You know, maybe giving some of your gifts to your children on Christmas Day, but also on the Feast of the Epiphany, which is uh, really essential to, you know, Western Catholicism. But I would also like to put in a plug for um, our German tradition, you know, when my parents were growing up, St. Nicholas didn't bring the gifts or Santa Claus. It was the Christkindl, the Christ child. What a beautiful message of faith to children that Christ is the one who blesses us with goodness at Christmas. You know, it would be awesome to see in our German tradition if that one would make a comeback. You know, the idea that the Christ child comes to bless you with his presence on Christmas, his divine presence, but also bringing gifts and presents for the children to show his goodness to them. Maybe this is the year, Father Benz, you know, w- with things slowed down a bit because of, of uh, where we are with the pandemic and everything. Often by this point, we're just exhausted and, you know, ready to take the tree down on the day after Christmas. Maybe, maybe this year we can, we can use this as an opportunity to, um, to kind of recultivate you know, the Christmas season, which, you know, is, is a, you know, not even begun yet. It's about to begin. Exactly. You know, I want to put a plug in for at least um, the southwest part of our diocese. People are welcome to come as well. To restore that in our communities in the southwest, we're hosting a, an Epiphany party at St. Mary's Church on Epiphany Sunday the 3rd from 2 to 6 p.m., inviting all families with children to come for a day of celebration for Christmas. You know, 
we're going to do a number of things on that feast day. But just to remind them that the Christmas season is not over, you know, on December 26th. That there are so many beautiful feast days. The Feast of the Holy Family, the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God, the Epiphany, the Baptism of our Lord. So like you said, the Church gives us almost three weeks to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And we should use every one of those days and those weeks to honor Him. And gift-giving should be a part of it, and maybe uh, gift-giving in a way that we haven't done before. I I had an interview with uh, Mike Kidrowski about, you know, this uh, a a while ago, earlier in the year, and I I know a lot of people uh, with what's been going on have been kind of reassessing how they spend money. I mean, you know, I haven't been on an airplane in a a long time. Uh, We're kind of reassessing. Uh, and on the other hand, we can kind of re- reallocate. And, and I know a lot of people here at Corpus Christi who have been giving, you know, are, are giving more. And m- maybe we can give more during the Christmas season to someone whom we haven't given in, in this spirit of Santa Claus. Exactly. That's what our parish is doing this year for Christmas giving charity in the community. We're just being very practical. We've adopted a number of families whom we found out are in great need. And, you know, in addition to toys for the children, we're also just giving them, you know, um, food for Christmas Day, you know, necessities around the household. You know, so our charity this year has become very practical because people have really desperate practical needs. So I, I agree with you, you. We just have to be more realistic this year and say, rather than, you know, like some of the, you know, the, the, the glittery aspect of Christmas, <laughs> people have, fundamental basic needs that have to be met this year, and our charity has to be more real. Father Benz is my guest. What's your Christmas schedule, Father, for uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? You know, we have a large church, so we're not doing extra Masses, but we have 4 p.m. at St. Mary's on the vigil. Then I actually have a midnight Mass at midnight at St. Elizabeth of Leffer, and 10.30 in the morning, Christmas Day at St. Mary's. And then, God willing, uh, 1 o'clock Mass I pray at the prison. And that is the North Dakota State Women's Prison, which is in New England, North Dakota. Yes, it's a wonderful facility. The the staff does a great job. I mean, they're helping the women truly rehabilitate. When you come there, there's a great dignity that they offer to the women, so it's a beautiful place. So on Thursday and Friday, remember, we celebrate Christmas. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then, quickly on Saturday and Sunday, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family. And I really like how these two feasts complement each other. We first celebrate how the Word became flesh. And then we celebrate quickly this year how the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in a holy family. And, And I always remind my people... The Lord did not dwell among us in a perfect family, but a holy family, which means to to be set apart. And the families need to remember that uh, they are holy in the sense that that they are set apart. And uh, I I like what you're doing for Epiphany for the families, and and I like what you're doing for your, I would call it a ministry, your your family of ministry with the state women's prison there, Father Father Benz, and I, I certainly hope that you're 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 allowed to uh, to get in for that mass. Yeah, I hope so. Keep that in your prayers. Thank you. Anything else before we part ways, Father? No, I wish you and your parish community and all the Catholics in our state a 
blessed Christmas and be assured of our prayers for you and your people. Uh, thank you for all you do for Real Presence Radio. You're often a contributor, and I enjoy interviewing you, Father. So all the best to you and your parish family, okay? Thank you. God bless you, Monsignor. Thank you. That's Father Gary Benz. We talked about St. Nicholas, the saint who inspired Santa Claus, uh, most notably known as St. Nicholas of Myra, and a lot of great traditions there above all. Uh, holiness and giving, and remember that uh, as we near the uh, beginning of of the Christmas season. Uh, Today we have in in the Mass the beautiful Magnificat. I'll preach the 1210 Mass here, Central Time at Corpus Christi. It's it's online, as all the Masses are. We're we're here on the first full day of winter on this Tuesday of the fourth week of Advent, and we're going to listen to the Magnificat. And what I'm going to speak about today is is how the Magnificat reminds us how, um, you know, God, God's ways are not our ways. And things happen according to um, God's time. And it's God who arranges events in our history as Mary uh, realized. And then she found peace in that to, to give praise to God. So we're going to listen to Mary's hymn, Mary's Magnificat. If you've gone to Mass, uh, you've already thought of that, and if if not, uh, it's coming up, or you can uh, find these Masses online anywhere. We, 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 we're moving through these great Mary stories with, with the visitation and, and the birth of our Lord, uh, Mary giving praise to God, and uh, is, it's very, very important to, um, to, to pray those as we near the Christmas season. We'll be back in just one moment. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We've got another half hour coming up on Real Presence Live in our expansive Real Presence Radio Network in the Upper Midwest. We'll be back in just one moment. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Music. 